0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, welcome to Teach Me to Talk to podcast. I'm Laura, my speech language pathologist, and welcome to today's show. We have a wonderful guest who's sitting tight while I get through these first couple of announcements. First of all, it is Wednesday, July 15th, 2015, and I'm going to run a really special sale, particularly for podcast listeners and people who are already kind of on my email list, and it's for the entire collection and for the three pack of manuals that you get in the Therapy Manual Combo Pack, so check out your email if you're already on that list for that that special pricing that I'm going to get posted in just a few minutes right after the podcast today, or you can always go to com, But again, it'll be up by about 6 p.m. Eastern Time for those of you listening. Okay, today we have a really special guest. Hi, Rosa. Hi. <laughs> Rosa is a speech pathologist who sent me an email a couple of weeks ago and asked me this question about one of her most challenging. Little clients right now. And Rosa, we were talking about him before we went on, on the air. And how old is he? Did you say he's two and a half?
1: Two and a half, yes. He's gonna be three in end of December.
0: Okay, so right at two and a half. So I told her I would just read the question so we're all on the same page and then we'll just talk about him. So she sent it and she said he his medical history, he was born with one undeveloped ear and facial asymmetry. All of his genetic testing came back normal. And his hearing tests that are done every six months indicate normal hearing, at least in the developed ear. So, Rosie, you told me, you went on to say that you started working with him about two years ago when he was six months of age due to oral motor weakness and feeding issues. Yes. And now two and a half. He has complete lip closure and eats well. And let me just give you a big round of applause for that. Good job <laughs> with that. Thank you. <laughs> he, was a, he was a late talker and only began imitating about six months ago, but here's the kicker. He doesn't really use any consonants. He relies on vowels, and he has intonation for the number of syllables in a word. You said that he can say mama clearly. He says wow and he kind of gags a little bit for his dad's name. Did you want to kind of, did you want to talk, say dad's name Rose, or do you want to kind of leave that out? Um, but he he
1: he just says gaga, which is like very very close approximation, but it's not his okay. name. He actually started saying um the word, I mean, letter one, and it's very clear. Um so I got we got the n, but I can't get the n in other positions.
0: Okay. So the N is in the final position, too, but only in that word.
1: Only in that word, one, yes.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. And then you said, here are the things that you say that you've tried. (laughs) And we're going to talk about these. You said, I've used tactile prompts, exaggerated speech, animal sounds, nonsense syllables, anything in imitation like that, but he refuses or simply cannot use consonants. You said last week at the time that you wrote me this, he used a final S with Mm -hmm. about 80% accuracy about half of the time. And he said his vowels are intact, and and he imitates, and he has age-appropriate comprehension. And you said that you had asked around in several groups of speech pathologists but had not gotten anything that you could really use, so you decided to throw it my way and see if I could come up with any ideas for you. So catch us up from the time that you wrote the email until now, Rosa. You said he's added GAGA.
1: No, he he had Gaga. That was the close approximation for his dad's name. And he added the word one. But the S became, like, the S stayed on the same level. I've been trying to use the words with final S, uh, but it's kind of still not there.
0: Okay, so what kinds of words are you using for that final S?
1: Um, I, I have an app on my iPad with, um, you know, with the words, so I can't really recall them, but things like eyes, socks, mouse, um, yeah, these are the words.
0: Okay, Okay. and what does he do for that? I mean, are you able to even quantify what he does or is it so off that it's just hard to describe?
1: He he's using the syllables. He would use the syllables correctly. So if it's a mouse, it would be owl, you know. If it's the socks, it would be ack, something like that, okay. you know. He he would he would use the syllables, but um, okay. and the vowel sounds, but the consonants are either non-existent at all or they are so vague that I can't really understand what is there. Okay. So let Hello Laura Hello Hello. Rosa, <whistles> are you there? Yes,
0: yes i Hello? Hello. Okay. Rosa, are you there?
1: Yes, okay. I'm here. Okay, and did have you called in on two different lines?
0: No, they. I try. tried. I thought we
1: got disconnected. Okay.
0: We did get disconnected. I have no idea what happened with that. That was that was kind of weird. But we're just going to keep going here because it's still. I think I think that it'll just mm-hmm. join that little last part that we were saying. Okay.
1: Okay. And
0: I've gotten so discombobulated with getting disconnected. I forgot the last thing that you said. <laughs> Um,
1: what was the last thing that I said? Um, that he will use the syllables for the words. He will use the consonant sounds, but he will not. I mean, vowel sounds, but the consonants are very vague. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, so his vowels are there, and listen, let other other diagnostic information. So you don't think this is apraxia or anything like that because his babbles are good and he does try to imitate and gets pretty close when he tries yes. to imitate, correct? Yes, okay. there's
1: never an issue with him. As soon as he started imitating, um, so there are never an issue with him being able to imitate. Uh, there are no difficulties. He's always consistent with the way he imitates. You know, it's not like something goes off. Um, okay. So um, it's just the consonants are not there. Um, I don't know.
0: Okay. So let's kind of go back to – let's let's talk about when this first started happening. Walk us through kind of your progression of what you tried at first. Did you go straight to um, – tactile prompts? Did you go straight to let's back up and see what we can get like in like you said you do nonsense syllables and for me that would be me just doing a lot of exclamatory words and I think you mentioned animal sounds. Walk us through your progression kind of with what he did um, kind of how it was how he responded and then we'll just kind of go from there because sometimes you'll say something and it'll give me an idea I wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: So once he started imitating, um, I started using uh, tactile prompts right away. He was very uh-huh. resistive to do th- to that, and he would push my hand away and not want me to do that, um, get upset. He would even get upset with hand over hand, over hand prompts, you know. Um, okay. With time, he got kind of used to it, and even now if I use... Um, you know tactile prompts he lets me do it and then he would make the words so even if i try to prompt him while saying around next to his face he would keep quiet wait for me to finish the prompt and then he will go into um say whatever he wanted to say in terms of like i would we, we would do a lot of animal sounds we would do uh ohs and wow's and yay's and he is okay with wow and o oh, oh and yay, but not so much with animal sounds. Like if it's meow for the cat, it would be ow. If it's woof-woof, it would be ooh-ooh. You know, um, if it's ba-ba, it would be ah-ah. So, um, and we kind of got stuck on that. And then I decided, you know what, let me just go into the words, straight into the words. Right. And he was fine imitating the syllable structure. So he understood what I was asking him to do. And wow. it sometimes sounded, or oh, it still sounds, as though he's saying the correct word. Because yeah. I see the picture and it sounds like he's saying it, it. just he doesn't use syllables. And then a few months later, mom started telling me, you know what? He's starting to put phrases together. And I feel that he's saying sentences it just in the context she thinks she understands it because we never had it before. We never had kind of like jargon or expressive jabbering from him. He was pretty right. quiet baby, you know. And all of a yeah. sudden it just it just went into like I wanna talk but we just don't understand him.
0: Right. And I've had kids do this, too, who had very little consonants, but then they do kind of move on to phrases, and that's actually good because then you know this isn't a language problem. This right. is just um, a speech problem. It's just mm-hmm. an intelligibility. So is he trying to use phrases consistently now? Yes, absolutely. Um, he okay. tries to use
1: phrases, and he tries to imitate phrases I try not to focus as much because, I mean, I always tell all my parents that up to three years of age, my job is to teach them functional communication skills so they're able to express their basic needs and wants. So at this point, I'm I'm not thinking in terms of like phrases of sentences because I want to get clear words. But mom constantly prompts him, you know, verbally, and he kind of goes ahead and imitates, and then she's pretty sure that he uses them as well.
0: Yeah, and let me tell you, I kind of differ on that. I go ahead and push forward with the language, with Mm -hmm. still getting, because I feel like sometimes kids, and I understand from an intelligibility perspective why you wouldn't want to do it, but i think if we can make sure that language is always moving along somehow that helps that little system mature and so mm-hmm. yes it makes intelligibility even worse but i'm glad to hear that mom is trying anyway or, or right. i mean she Obviously, not stopping him. She's not saying, "Don't you dare put two words together." Oh no, 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 absolutely not. But
1: yeah, I mean, I would, I would not do that either. It's just I'm kind of not prompting him to do that.
0: Yeah, but I'm uh, glad that he's, despite that, because that does let us know this is this is not a, a language problem too. And a lot of mm-hmm. kids, you know, when we don't kind of go ahead and push that language piece or at least do everything we can to facilitate that moving along, then they end up with a language delay that that would not have been as severe if we had pushed on ahead, especially between two and three, with prioritizing language over speech intelligibility. And And what's mm-hmm. going on right now is, it's a speech intelligibility problem, especially if he's trying to do some phrases and stuff. So I'm not I'm not saying that I would stop all of your work on speech intelligibility at all because I think you've got a long way to go, and he certainly is a smart little guy who has the potential because right. cognitively intact to go ahead. But I'm also just saying my experience with kids, Especially in that birth to three developmental range, is especially between two and three, we better stay on that language piece because Mm -hmm. we want to encourage that as well so that we don't, again, don't end up with kind of a double whammy there, that it is just delayed language.
1: I got it. Yeah, Yeah. it it, it does make sense. Okay. We'll definitely make sure that we do work on that as well.
0: Yeah, that's what I would do, too. And here's the other thing that happens. Sometimes when I'm working, when I think, okay, I'm not going to be as picky about his speech, they do just, again, kind of mature spontaneously. And I always do a big with. oh, I'm getting some more sounds without having to really work on it. And if I take the pressure off speech and just put it kind of back with language, let's build vocabulary, let's get some more, a variety here with maybe, you know, if we did a language sample and we figured out, you know, he's only using 30 words. If I really focus on a specific word class that he doesn't have, sometimes, too, that takes enough pressure off, especially of a two-year-old. That Actually, that that,
1: that, that makes sense because I feel that sometimes I push him so much that as soon as he sees me opening that app on iPad where he knows that it's going to be a drill of words, and it will be say this, say that, he kind of shuts down. He looks at me, and he just does not say anything. And then as soon as they take I put that away and take out a toy and start playing with him, that's it. You know, he starts talking to me, and I'm like, why didn't you do that? I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So maybe I'm pushing too much and too hard.
0: You really might be. And here's the other thing. You could just, what I would try to do, especially when I see a kid kind of, show me signs that he's shutting down like that. I would try really, really hard to make it feel like it's a language play activity but intersperse my little speech work in in the middle where I might have him do five things that, are, that I know he's going to be able to do. And, again, it's vocabulary-driven, so it shouldn't be that hard. And then maybe – shape a little sounds, like every four or five things I've cued him to say or four or five responses, work on speech, and then back off a little bit and work on language, Mm -hmm. language, language again, and then go back. That's what I've had more success with. Um, And sometimes it's a hard sell to moms because they say, well, I'm here so you can help him talk better, Right. when I show them, gosh, can you see how excited he is when we don't work on that? And I just feel like we can use that momentum to push forward and get something that he that he may um get more success this way ultimately because he doesn't have that feeling of trepidation with, Oh my goodness, here it comes, this is hard, I can't do it. Now she's gonna touch my face. All mm-hmm. of that. So that's probably what I would do. How many words is he using, Rosa? Oh, my
1: goodness. Um, A lot. Sometimes I'm surprised at the amount of words he knows, and he already recognizing and labeling a lot of letters and uh, colors. Even though I don't do it, I guess kids pick it up very quickly from TV or iPad. Um, He knows uh, practically all his animals. Um, he, he labels practically everything and anything. And if he doesn't know the word and we kind of give him a motto a few times, that's it, that word is in his vocabulary, but again, without the consonant sound. Sure, okay. Uh, so but he
0: has hundreds of words. Would you say hundreds?
1: Uh, no, I would not say hundred, but it is definitely okay. more than 30. Uh, I would okay. say maybe so- closer to 50.
0: Okay. The ones that. Okay, so he is language delayed, because yes. a typically developing twenty-four month old, a, a kid who's truly normal, the twenty-four month old vocabulary level mm-hmm. is two hundred to three hundred words.
1: Oh right, I, un- but, I understand that. He just started imitating yeah. six months ago, so he wasn't. Okay. But he understands more than that.
0: Okay, fantastic. And you had said yeah. that before, but I just want to, and I'm saying, I know you know all this, but I'm saying this too for any listener out there, and I'll just right. tell you, Rosa, with a kid like this, even if he was, you know, still not doing a lot of consonants, I still wouldn't be focused on that yet. I would still be doing everything I could to look at vocabulary development. So if he knows all those words, like I, I, I would, you know what I would do? I bet he knows more than 30 words. If you said he knows nearly all of his animals and he's starting to say some colors, I would take a step back and uh, work, look at his language and see how many words he he does know. Because, like, how many verbs is he using? Um,
1: hmm. I can't really say that.
0: Okay, I'm so not sure. I, I mean,
1: do. yeah. Okay, yeah. so get a that's kind of I like do. a language sample to see what uh, what he has in his vocabulary.
0: What holes you're missing language-wise, right? Because I, and I know for that, for you, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> I know that other people <laughs> who are listening who are who really take that speech heart and speech-language pathologist, you know, you're thinking, Laura, how can you tell her to keep adding more words if you can't understand the words he has? I promise at two and a half, you're going to get more bang for your buck, still increasing that vocabulary, spontaneous vocabulary size, functional vocabulary,
1: mm-hmm. than you
0: will. And that some of that are stuff, especially if he's just started imitating in the last six months, Some of that probably will come along with maturation, Mm
1: -hmm. and you
0: want him to have a bigger word bank to pull from when some of these consonants are going to spontaneously emerge. Now, let's back up and kind of his hearing. Let me just say, I don't treat a lot of kids with hearing loss because we've always had such wonderful programs locally, and where I live, kids who have hearing loss get, immediately referred to the speech-language pathologist who specialize in that. But he doesn't have hearing loss. He has normal hearing in his, in that one ear, correct? Yes. Okay. And, and in so the
1: pres- one that's not developed close to the bone, they said he hears. So once they do surgery, I forgot how old he has to be, when they're going to do a surgery and open up that ear, they said he's going to have a normal hearing.
0: Okay. So I wanted to go ahead and kind of rule that out. It's not that he has undetected hearing loss or hearing loss associated with this um, birth difference that you said because of that ear. So that that's not a factor. So we don't really have to be concerned about articulation from that perspective anyway. So if we look at him just as kind of, first of all, a late talker who's only been talking for really six months, correct? Right. Okay, so if we look at that and if we kind of see, okay, really his expressive language then is more like an 18-month-old, we wouldn't be overly, I mean, we would be concerned about our tick because that's who we are, (laughs) speech pathologists. At the same time, I still think we would be working on vocabulary development and just making sure that he has more words, more words, more words, um, mm-hmm. And without looking at this other stuff. Now, beyond that, the other thing that I would tell you to do is because you know he can get an initial M, how many how many other words does he use all the time where M, where it, he should have that initial M, but it's just omitted? What other words can you think of that he uses where, where he le- deletes that M?
1: There's one word that we've been trying to get him to say, Milk. Because he loves his milk, and he doesn't say that. Actually, he completely refuses to say the word milk.
0: Okay. Um All right.
1: And more, we don't. I yeah. mean, I use more, but Mom doesn't really use more. Um, so he, and he the, doesn't use it.
0: Okay, and I would probably use that a lot, and I would take Ma for more. And you know that mm-hmm. he, can, I mean, he says "mama" with that. I would totally take that, and I would reinforce it, even if it, if he even sort of gets close to that "m," or even, even if he's omitting it at this point. So, I mean, does he not have of his functional words? Does he have any words that should have an "m" that he doesn't include?
1: Uh, I mean, can't, can't, think them, can't, can't think of
0: them. I can't
1: think of them besides the milk. that's the one that I know, Mom constantly reinforces him to say.
0: Okay. Okay. What? Okay. With, uh, I think you told me though another word, mouse. Does he say that spontaneously, or
1: he mm. says that when you're. He would say he would say the word mouth but without using um without using the consonant, it would be out.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. But of words he uses spontaneously all the time. You said he you think he maybe has thirty words. Is there any word that he uses? Actually all I'm the
1: thinking time? now it's it's more. He labels the body parts, he knows most of the clothing items. Um, a lot of animals, a lot of objects, I would say he knows at least five actions, if not more so okay. but it's it's still not at the age appropriate level for sure okay okay
0: all right, but here here's what I was going for on that when you get your language sample, that's gonna give you more information about the words he really, really uses, and then I think that. I would really look at that and do everything I could to get words that are really – I would start with M's and W's because you said he's got a good initial M for mama and a good Mm -hmm. initial W for wow, and then you said you've gotten one since then. So I would take a look at functional words with W um, and see what you can get like that mm-hmm. what about we? can he do anything with we? i know you've tried that right uh
1: like we the are going like
0: like, um, like sliding or swinging or anything like that um i'm
1: not sure i'm sure she i i, I mean i i can't i can't see right now i'm going to have to go and see <laughs> yeah
0: okay all right, let me give you the target words that I would use for this little guy. And, again, it's not going to apply to every kid because it won't be functional for every kid, but this is this is what I would do. With a kid like this, after I looked at his language and made sure that we didn't have any big holes, like I would make sure that he's got some action words, that he's mm-hmm. got some how to do with prepositions. I mean, those no. start with vowels, but he should be good. he doesn't have prepositions?
1: No, No, not really.
0: Okay, all right. Well, just talk everything I've already said about our tick out, Rosa, and back okay. up and work on language with, with this kid. <laughs> because okay. prepositions are going to be easy for him because he has babbles. So he should be using up, on, off, in, out. And, yeah, they're going to be a little bit harder to understand, but you got to make sure that language-wise he's further along. And, listen, he could be. He could be. It could just you see that the, the, the pressure of the situation? <laughs> it could you see that you're not remembering that he's saying this because I'm putting you on the spot saying. No, no, no. He's person? not. He's
1: not really. The the thing is that when I was just trying to get him to use the words to to use the imitation, I was using prepositions a lot myself to prompt him, and then wow. I kind of stopped because uh, I guess I I got so concerned with him not using consonants that I completely yeah. forgot, you know, about the language piece and went with that. Yeah. So I stopped really prompting him on that. Once I got him to imitate to the point of imitation, that's it. That kind sure. of flipped my mind. So, I mean, um, I wrote and it down that that's what I have to start working again.
0: Yeah, and listen, I think the prepositions, if he's doing so many, it, well, that's his strength, words that with vowels, so he should get that fast. And you're right. going to talk to mom about that and say we need to look at language-wise and be sure that his vocabulary is big enough and kind of take a break on all this speech stuff for a little bit, and then we'll kind of see what happens, what comes in naturally, and then mm-hmm. I think you're going to, the more stuff to work with. And listen, I would not be concerned with finals at all yet. I mean, I'm so glad that you've gotten some final S and some N's in the final position. And the reason I was asking you about a praxis is a lot of kids who are praxic can get a final a final consonant much more easily than they can an in initial consonant. And I don't think he's a praxic based on what you said about him. But that's one of the things that I look for when a kid can do it at the end instead of at the beginning. Sometimes that will have Kind of a diagnostic implication, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. with this little guy seems to imitate so well. But I, mm-hmm. from it, from it, from strictly looking at him, and again, I'm a language, language, language person. I would do a lot more language wise. And if he seems to get more uptight when you bring out the app, I would not do that for several weeks, several sessions. Okay, and back up and work on work on your lang- your holes in his language skills. And again, this should be easy therapy because I think you've been frustrated with him a little bit, or not with him, but by the situation with the lack of right. progress. So I think this will even be better for you because it's going to take some of that pressure off from doing something that developmentally he just, can for whatever reason, cannot do right now. And it's so hard for him that it's causing him to respond um, a little more, maybe not negatively, but you certainly have seen him act like, oh boy, here it comes again. You can tell a change in him when you work right. on sounds versus when you don't work on sounds. So I think taking this little break over the next several weeks so that you can you can back up and kind of look at that language will not only be good for him, but will be good for you too.
1: (laughs) Probably.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know that. Are you going to feel like you're not doing your job if you're not working on his uh – no think, what you're saying, no what you know. you're saying
1: actually makes a lot of sense and you know what the parents are kind of would agree with you because they're not as frustrated with his lack of use of consonant sounds as I am and they're more excited <laughs> about him getting more words than I am because I'm like, what's the use in those words if nobody understands them? But everything you're saying, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, I mean, I'm going to have to, you know, go back and rethink what we've been doing up until this point.
0: That's probably what I would do because he's two and a half, he's he's not – over three, and because developmentally, you know, he said he's only really been imitating for about six months. And I know the intelligibility, the the internal pressure that we all feel for people have to understand what he's saying. You know, what good is it if you can't understand him? I get that, but my experience has been the harder I push with some of these little guys, it makes it worse. And so Mm -hmm. it's easier and better to kind of take a step back and just work on language, 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 language. And, again, I think you'll start to see some of these other sounds come in without you having to work so darn hard. Right. And then you'll have more to work with. And you could try it for the next month, for the next six weeks, and then mm-hmm. reevaluate. And if you've not had any more sounds come in on their own or any other any other sounds that you've heard as you've been working on your language, then you may take a step back and say, Well this for this next six weeks we're gonna work harder on get eliciting some new consonant sounds <laughs> and mm-hmm. then maybe six weeks after that go back with, okay, let's see how this what this language is doing now and maybe take an alternating approach. That's what's been more successful for me. And I, I'll just tell you, I really don't even do that with kids though until they're three or after three. I make sure that language wise they are right on the money before I really even start formally looking at articulation. And I may cue some things, and, you know, I've done all the things that you said with some tactile cues and, you know, just doing everything I can to facilitate the emergence of those sounds. But I don't truly focus on that until, like for this little guy, I would make sure he had hundreds of words and that he was doing a lot of phrases before I backed up and worked. On our tick. And again, you're not the only speech pathologist who feels like you feel, because I know there are people probably turning off their iPhones right now going, I don't agree with that or whatever. (sighs) But it's kind of a philosophical shift that I think may take pressure off him and you, and you're going to see some other things come in. You
1: know, I honestly, in general, don't work on articulation until the child is three years of age, and I explain to parents that developmentally the children are not ready for that. It's just he's an exceptional child yeah. who does not use practically any consonant sounds. <laughs> that's why, for me, it's, like,
0: I so know. puzzling,
1: and that's why I kind of, I, I guess, know. put so much pressure on him and on myself and on the family, yeah. and I feel that they're, they're happy. I come and they tell me, oh, you know, he said this and that. And I'm like, yeah, good. How did he say that? So I kind of right away, make it negative. And they're like, yeah, not yeah. a lot of confidence, but we understood. So I guess I have to take uh-huh. a step back in a different approach.
0: That's what I would do, too. And listen, focus on when you're designing your language activities. And, again, look for the easiest thing for me when I'm looking at kids' language is really to look at it like a parent would. Do I have verbs? Do I have prepositions? Do I have some pronouns? Do I have some early descriptives? And kind of look at it from a word class. Mm-hmm. Um, even though as a speech pathologist we would probably look at it more like how's they using it and kind of look at those Um, you know semantic relationships I don't really do a lot of that because it's harder for parents to understand that I think just sticking to this Action words, location words, descriptive words—it's easier to teach parents. But when you're looking at that and de- deciding, okay, what are his deficits? Does he not use any prepositions? Does he not use any pronouns? And you're teaching those kinds of things. Really focus on words that have the initial M and the initial W. Now, because he okay. can do kind of those continuance, the M mm and the W, will he? Can he not do anything sort of close to a bilabial? Not ever.
1: No. Yeah, because actually senses, no, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm okay. I'm lying. He's starting to do when there is a bilabial, he would close his lips, not make a sound, and then use the con the, the vowel sound. But, okay, but like CBT... I would say, ten ten percent of the time, he started doing it in the past two weeks. I kind of started okay. noticing he would put his lips together without making a sound, and then he would use a vowel sound.
0: So it's coming, Rosa. It's coming.
1: So you think, I mean. Plate. He's marking
0: the place. He's marking it. That's like kids who, right before kids get final consonants, they'll extend the vowel, you know, do like a, like for a word, say like uh cat. They may do ca. And you'll think, okay, they're trying to mark that final sound there. Or they'll do an, like a just an, a voiceless something that, you know, you think, what kind of weirdo thing is that? But then you look at it and you think they're marking their sound. They're, they know mm-hmm. that a final sound goes there. And then you give it just a little bit more time and some of those final sounds start to come in. That's what he, he may just be on the cusp. Mm-hmm. And if you said he's sort of putting his lips together but you're not hearing a sound yet, he knows it belongs there. And so I would just you know, facilitate, facilitate, facilitate. I would think of every word that I can that made sense during a language activity with initial bilabials, and then throwing those M and H words in there. And when he gets really, if he's too frustrated, make sure that you're just praising all of his attempts and not going so much for articulatory accuracy. And if he's really frustrated, Have one whole, you know, five-minute activity where mama is your target word (laughs) because that will get it back on track with feeling successful and really mix up ratio with, I mean, sometimes with kids when we look, he's not on the spectrum, but if you think about a kid who needs, like a kid on the spectrum needs about an 80% success rate, something you know they can do, and only 20% that's unmastered. Mm With him, that's the other thing that I would do is start building in tons of stuff that you know he can do. I mean, I would count one, two, three all the time with this kid and let him. you know, every time he says one, just, be over the moon excited about it, so that he feels really, really successful.
1: Oh, really? Because he he likes to do that. I mean, like kids, you know. We would, and the funny thing is, I would do it with other kids. I would allow them to count, and I would count with them. And here, I'm like, no, 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 this is not functional. Let's go to the functional words that we we're gonna use. Oh my God! I guess I've been I've been very frustrated because this is the first time, yeah. and I've been a speech pathologist for eight years. And this is the first yeah. time it's happening to me.
0: Listen, it happens to everybody. This is so funny. I'll tell you an example that of the same thing that's happened to me today. I've, I'm working with this new little guy who's on the spectrum, and he's over three, and he's just had so little success in speech therapy. And I have come up with all these great things that are more ABA-like, and that, you know, because he's had so little success with somebody else. And then, you know, what he's doing the best with? Social games. Now, if anybody knows my work, I am the social game queen. And so today, when he wasn't sitting at the table and when he wasn't doing all the teach activities or these other kind of things that in my mind, you know, would be a better extension of where he should be and because he's on the spectrum, blah, 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 blah. I forgot what I know, which is social games, social games, social games, social games. And so I kind of deviated from who I am because of the circumstances of this little guy. That's exactly what's happened to you. You've been doing all this with everybody else, but this little guy (laughs) felt a little bit different, so you kind of took a new approach, and you've gotten a little more frustrated because it's not what you know and what your strength is and what you do. So I would back up. And go back okay. to who you are, Rosa,
1: <laughs> and do the
0: stuff that really, do the stuff that you know. Because even, okay. and you may have to, I hope you're not like me. I've been a speech pathologist for nearly 25 years. I hope you don't have to keep learning that same lesson, and it, you know, even 25 years later, but if we do we do, you know, just because sometimes right. the kid will present a little bit differently and you'll kinda of deviate a little bit and then something'll happen to kind of snap you back to, Oh my goodness, that's what I do with everybody. Why am I trying to do something different with this kid when when what I normally do would probably work better? All right. Okay.
1: That's a lot of information and a lot of useful information, more than I ever gotten from anywhere else. So, um I mean I'm very happy that I went on vacation, listened on a lot of your podcast and decided to send you an email and got a response, you know, and, and we did this.
0: Well, I hope that you feel like that. I hope you I hope it works too. Listen, I'm gonna go ahead and send you though this little list that I use um, I'm work, I'm using it for a new project right now but it's a handout from one of my courses that has kind of my target list of words which may help give you some different ideas with those M and W words w is kind of hard when you start to kind of try to think of functional words to match that but this list is cool because it's been matched with that first 100 words list so I've pulled those kinds of words out and then alphabetize them so they're listed by speech sound so hopefully that'll be helpful too and we'll just give you some even two or three words per sound is sometimes Mm -hmm. a great idea because it just gives you a different direction Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay Okay, thank you very much I would really
1: appreciate that
0: I will I will listen you hang in there and i want you to email me in say four weeks six weeks and let me know if this has worked at all and if it hasn't I'm going to try to help you come up with some other stuff, but, oh, I'm just almost positive that it will.
1: I kind of now got a new hope, so (laughs) Um, I'm really, yeah, um, and and that's good, you know, because I feel that when we lose hope, then we don't see any progress. Um, So that's, I think, what's been happening to me. I lost hope, and I kind of was like, okay, that's it. There's nothing I can do.
0: I know, and you don't ever want to feel that way. And any time that happens, I think it's always best to kind of regroup and take a whole different approach. And especially when it's a kid under three, if you're at, I mean, this is just my rule of thumb, I always back up. It doesn't matter what skill I'm working on. So if it's our tick and I'm frustrated with working on something with intelligibility, I would think, let me back up, let me back up to language.
1: And so that's
0: exactly what I would do with this little guy. Is always okay. think, oh, I've got to go a different direction and see if we can't look at this issue in a different way. And I bet that over the next four to six, it, it may be, take longer than four weeks, but over the next six to eight weeks that you're going to start to hear some new consonant sounds with him because you've taken the pressure off him and you, and it'll mm-hmm. be it'll get easier. It'll get easier. Okay.
1: Okay. Thank you, right. thank you very much for all your help and for all this information. It's been really, really helpful. Opened up my eyes.
0: Oh, oh I hope so. I hope so. We, be sure to let me know how he does. I can't wait to hear an update from you. Okay. Absolutely, I will. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Okay. Right, bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>